Welcome to the Heal Here podcast. I'm your host, Kate Flick, aka Oracle Lightworker. I'm a Holy Fire 3 Karuna Reiki master teacher and Akashic Records reader. I also happen to be a Gemini, don't judge, a 5-1 emotional manifester and empowered empath. I am literally obsessed with helping you heal and showing you that you are your own best healer. Join me here where we will explore different techniques and modalities and where I will share personal experiences and channel guidance to help support you as you move along the spiritual and healing path. I am so glad you're here. Every time I call call my my name, name, I I heat up like like a burning flame. flame. Burning flame. flame. Full of desire. Kiss, Kiss me, me baby. baby. Let the fire get yeah. higher. Abra, abra, cadabra. I want to reach out and grab you. Abra, abra, cadabra. I want to reach out. You want to reach out and grab me right now. I know you do. I know you want to throttle me. I would too. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, it is. Kate Flick, welcome to the Heal Here podcast. And I have a wonderful guest here today who just found out two seconds ago that she was going to have to sing and choose a song. So <laughs> I'm very grateful to have Emily and her stars here. Em- Emily, I don't even know if I know how to say your name correctly. Em- Emily Barnard? No. That's correct. Is yeah, it? I actually yeah, said it. it. Okay. Yeah. I I thought that's how I'm just a second guessing myself here right now, but um, yeah, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And yeah, we were chatting for a few minutes uh, before we pressed record. And I was like, oh, yeah, just to let you know, I do this. We do this thing around here where I want you to let me know about a song that might be, I don't know, just popping into your awareness. So thank you for being a good sport. You're so welcome. It's podcast karaoke and you know, it's not even 10 o'clock. I've had one cup of coffee. I think, I think we nailed it. It was pretty good. Totally nailed it. Yeah, it is. What time is it? It's one o'clock. It's almost one o'clock here. So, uh, I I've had more than one matcha, so I'm ready to go. Um, so Emily and her stars, I, I'm trying to think about when, like, how did we even meet? Was it through Danielle Serenks, like her membership is that I don't even know how we haven't really met. <laughs> we haven't really officially. I think it was either that or I met you through Amy. You came into my awareness about the okay. same time Amy Brooks did. Okay. I and feel like I also, I'm kind of obsessed with Prince Edward Island and Nova Scotia. And I think I might have even right. called you just because of where you live. Okay. Well, I'll take it. No, you know what? I think you might not have known me. I was in the membership and I think like you with Danielle Serank, you did the astrology or these awesome detailed astrology reports. And I don't think, I don't think you knew who I was, but I was watching you. (laughs) I was a total creeper. No. And you were amazing. You were amazing. Like your reports are just so beautifully put together. And are you still doing those? I am. Yeah. As long as you subscribe to my newsletter. Right. Actually, I should say that I know that because I am a subscriber. So, um, yeah, that's something if, if people are interested, like what can you tell people a little bit about what these reports are? So for me, astrology, because I've leaned so far into my intuition, um, I like to kind of channel the information. I look at what the, um, what the energies are that are coming in on a particular day. And then I try to work through what is the best message for the greater good or for us to kind of glean from those energies. And yeah, I share them in a, in a monthly report and I also post them daily in my um, membership. And it's been, gosh, I think it's been probably three and a half, four years I've been doing them now. And I never thought of myself as a, like a predictive astrologer. I always lean more towards evolutionary astrology and soul work and some other aspects, but I really do enjoy it. And I like when I forget about the things I wrote and I look at the calendar and I'm like, Oh, that explains, that explains it everything. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. You're going to have to teach me some things today. Cause I like, I'm so I'm interested in astrology, but I just feel like it's in some ways, like over my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much to know. Like I, and anyway, I'm interested to learn more. Actually, I just said before we pressed record, I asked Emily what my, I'm very embarrassed to admit that I don't even know what my big three are. And I said, would you be able to tell me what my big three are? And so she has that information. She hasn't revealed it to me yet. Um, it's going to be a surprise. It's going to be a big surprise. So she's going to do that. But before we do that, uh, could you just tell us maybe a little bit about yourself? Like, how did you, you know, what led to you being on this path? And yeah, just, just a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So uh, like you said, my name's Emily. I um, live in Colorado, born and raised in Colorado. I'm a child of the seventies. So I remember life before the internet and zoom, Kate and I were laughing at uh, microphone issues this morning and oh my gosh. our fists <laughs> to the sky. <laughs> it's me, me with the microphone issues always. <laughs> I remember having a party line telephone and being tethered to the kitchen. Right. But for me, my astrology, I think really comes through my um, maternal grandmother. And it's one of those things I was so unbelievably close to her, but it still was like one thing we never really talked about. And um, I've told this story a lot, but after she passed away um, in 2017, she would always cut my horoscope out of the Denver Post, our big newspaper here. And that was before, you know, you could go online or have an app that would give it to you every day, but she would cut them out. And if it was particularly good, she'd save it. She'd always save the one on my birthday. And it was just as fun. Like it was a thing grandma did. We always joked that she like edited the newspaper for us. She cut out all the things we <laughs> needed to know. <laughs> then we got like the cliff notes version. <laughs> But after she passed, I was like missing her and kind of at this point in my life of what am I doing? <laughs> What's going on? Kind of walking the path of like, am I an empath? What does that even mean? And so I had um, Natalie Wallstein from Cosmic Calling do a birth chart reading for me. And I remember sitting in this meeting with her, like pre, I didn't even know what zoom was, but I managed to make it work. And she was telling me these things about myself that I don't think I had ever been able to articulate and to have someone reflect that back to you. It was the most, one of probably the most life-changing moments or sessions that I've probably ever had. And I thought, you know, I've had this intrigue in astrology for a lot of my life, you know, pick up the magazine here or the odd book on sale there, that kind of thing. And I, I really decided to kind of study it. And the first thing I found was that I was completely overwhelmed. I was like, I don't have time to learn math and another language. And apparently I got to get a degree in hieroglyphics and <laughs> I was like, this is ridiculous. And so I struggled for the first year and a half or so I would take courses. And I just was like, this does not click. And I remember kind of sinking into this idea. Um, I first heard about it through Deborah Silverman about the elements, fire, earth, air, and water. And I was like, okay, that I can embrace. I can, I understand the wheel of the year and how we lean into different seasons of our life. And the idea that the elements are rooted in me. And I go through these seasons, like all of that clicked and made sense. And then I started studying that each Zodiac sign is an element. It is fire. It is earth. It is air. It is water. And there's these patterns then that unfold. And we really live out that cycle over and over and over. And once I kind of picked up the patterns in astrology, it all started to click. And recognizing that we have not only the cycle of the year, but the cycle mm -hmm. of our, when the sun comes through, we have cycles with Saturn. And when we have these moments of responsibility or we have all of these points in our chart that lead to cycles, patterns, and it's really leaning into those. And my goal is to simplify astrology because I feel like 
so many people miss out on the exciting parts of it because it's has this esoteric feeling to it that it's supposed to be this hieroglyphic mathematical language that no one understands. <laughs> and that's, well, I love, I love that you are dedicated to simplifying it because that's kind of how I have felt like, whoa, there just feels like, it just feels like so much. And I was like, I'm interested in human design. And I kind of got into that. Like, but I feel like with human design, I was like, okay, well you can take and maybe it's the same with astrology, but I'm like, okay, you can learn your energy type in human design and you can look at your profile. I felt like I could kind of break it down, but with regards to astrology, I guess I can look at, you know, that I'm, is, is your birthday, your son? No, what's it is. Okay. <laughs> That's how bad I am. That's how much of a newbie I am. Okay. And I know, I guess you can break it down in the basics, but I know it's so much more than that. And so I found it kind of intimidating. Um, yeah. Like knowing how to navigate that. Is it, aren't there elements of astrology in human design? Like there are, yeah. um, in fact, the, if you look at a birth chart being a wheel and it has the 12 slices, if you were to look at a human design chart, it's the same 12. It's just divided into, I believe it's about, is it 84 gates, 96 gates? Yeah. I, I'm not going to be hundred percent accurate on that, but it's just the same pie divided into smaller and smaller pieces. And so you get more, I hesitate to say more detail, but the way it is energetically divided leads you then to the gates through those very small slices of pie. So if you've ever been to a birthday party and there's not enough cake and you get a really small piece, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's human design. <laughs> well, I don't like cake. I don't like birthday cake. So that wouldn't have affected me, but, um, I like ice cream cake, but as an aside, um, okay, wait. So or would you say that you're more left-brained? Like would, because I, I wonder with astrology with people are because I'm not left-brained, I'm not mathematical. Like, would there be, is that, okay, you're not. I have a degree in, I have a fine art degree in graphic okay. design. And I'm pretty sure I passed algebra with a D in high school, like D for graduation and diploma. <laughs> um, my best mathematical genius comes from knitting because I can work a pattern. Um, so no, I don't think it comes from that. I have a Taurus aspect to how I present my information. So when I like it to be really clear, I like it to be clean and I like it to be beautiful. And I think finding the simplistic version of the information, you can add flourishes and get bigger and bigger. Like I could look at my chart every day and pull out a different piece to study and get excited about. And that I think is where the overwhelm is, is that I'm supposed to look at this one chart and have the whole story, everything figured out. Think of it more like this is a book or a blueprint. How many times when we're building a house, do we look at the blueprint? Hundreds, thousands of times mm -hmm. even. And I think it's the same thing when we're doing that for astrology, you're going to want to go back to this over and over and over. It's never a one and done situation. That's so cool. I, I'm, I'm surprised that you're not into just for me. I always was like, uh, like astrology just seemed to be, yeah, I guess I was equating it with like mathematics in some way, but now it kind of makes sense though, that you like with the knitting and the patterns, like that, that makes sense that why maybe that you like to observe these patterns and I don't and know, I make love, sense of them. Right. I love the history. I've always been a history girl kind of wanted to be an Indiana Jones archaeologist when I was a little girl, right? Didn't we all want to like go to Egypt and dig in the dirt? And then my parents were like, yeah, no, <laughs> like one, <laughs> you hate the heat and two, like there's no money in it. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I won't do that. Kind of wish I had, but I've always had this interest in history. And for me, that again, brings it back to the root of the story, like this, of this Gemini-ness that wants to break it down, break it down, break it down. And when I get to the final piece of the why, then I'm like, ah, okay, now I can move forward with it. And truly astrology is about 50,000 years of data. And I always tell people, you know, we poo-poo astrology, but we don't poo-poo stock market trends, housing market trends. It's the same. We are taking what we 
think is going to happen, future predictions based on past patterns. Yeah. Astrology is the same thing. We just have a lot more evidence to back it up. However, originally the evidence was based in the location of the sun. And so it's based on solstices, equinoxes, recognizing that, okay, in, in spring with Aries, we've got just the willingness to, for a seed to sprout. And we always think the little glyph looks like a ram. I actually teach that it is a sprouting plant. It is the burst of energy that says I've survived winter and I'm going to grow. I might freeze in a week. There might be a storm. Nah, I got to do it anyway. I just have to. And so that enthusiasm comes in in the spring. And then we, we work through the energetics of the next three of like, okay, I've come, but I need food and I need clothing and I got to be comfortable. And then you kind of look around and you feel like, well, what somebody else is doing something different. What are they doing? <laughs> and so it's this growth as we go through the Zodiac and What's important to recognize, I think, is that our ancestors saw these patterns, right? They had no light interference in the sky. They watched supernovas. They saw comets. They saw things that we may never witness, but they also recognized that the same things would start to happen, (laughs) right? We talk about even the moon um, when we talk about lunatics, we're talking about people going crazy with the full moon. And you talk to any nurse or police officer, fireman, they always know that on the full moon, things are going to get a little teachers, teachers. (laughs) (laughs) I've observed it uh, very closely many years. (laughs) Exactly. So if that just the moon has that much effect on us, it's we're recognizing that all of these systems have that effect on us. Now, what comes first? I teach this too. Is it the, was the energy there and I was ignoring it or am I now more sensitive that I'm making these things happen? And I love John Holland's quote that the price of sensitivity is sensitivity, because I believe that when we clean up our energetics, much like clean eating or anything else, we become more sensitive. You know, this, right? A hundred percent. And so I feel like as I have aligned to the energetics of the cosmos, I am that much more affected. We were just talking about how the eclipse this year has (laughs) rocked us. (laughs) Yes. Putting it mildly. (laughs) Man. Like that. I've lived through, you know, 46 years of eclipses before now. And I was it worse. I the chicken and the egg. I don't know what comes first, but I know that when I pay attention to these things, they line up and make sense. Wow. Okay. So many things you just said, like felt like aha moments to me. And I feel like I have misunderstood astrology. Like when you're putting it in, when you're the way you explain it with regards to patterns and cycles and like, I'm a history teacher, I'm a history major. This is the stuff that I love. Like, why have I been resisting? I don't know why I've been, it's like, I had this preconceived notion that astrology is about these degrees and angles and numbers. And like, so it's like, I almost shut myself off to even just opening that door because I just didn't, I don't know, like the way you're explaining it. I'm like, this is my jam. Like, this is, this is something that I'd be all over. Like, cause that's what I love when I, you know, teach history is like showing my students patterns that have happened in the past and how they're, they're reoccurring now. And like, you know, just examining, yeah, just like how these past patterns are now affecting the present moment. And so, yeah, so how you're explaining that, I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. That's so, you know. I love that. That gives me chills. I think that astrology has been reserved for like either the complete wackadoos, (laughs) high school (laughs) girls who want to know who their crush is. Yeah. Or like the ancient masters, like Ptolemy, the Greek, who I'm fascinated by, if you ever study his astrology, he collected all of the ancient knowledge he could find to compile some of the first astrology books. So he already had at that point, another 20,000 years on us. I mean, he had so much knowledge to pull from that we will never even see, but don't get me started. If I'm going to come back, it's going to be to the library of Alexandria and I'll (laughs) 
we'll go have coffee there. <laughs> Amazing. So, okay, wait, I just had something to want. Oh yeah. Um, when you were talking about like the ancestors, our ancestors and like observing kind of all of these events in the sky, it's just making me like, I just, you just brought me to an image of them, like realizing how they didn't have any distractions, like how observant they must've been to these patterns. Like, so like they must have, yeah, kept careful, like they don't have the distractions that we have today. So like that was probably really well recorded because these events, I don't know. Well, just what had an I'm impact. reading this book right now. That's fascinating. Now that I know you love history as much as me and they're talking about some of the very first farmers. Well, we're recognizing that it wasn't like all of a sudden they decided to till an entire field. What would happen is the water would recede from next to the river and it would leave this beautiful soil and they could spread the seed and things would grow. Well, how are you going to know when the river is going to recede if you don't know melt off is done or that monsoon season is over all of these things which we recognize when we watch the five o'clock weather on the news that oh monsoon season is happening or oh it's time for the nor'easters those are things we kind of take for granted but they had to predict those and just for survival so i think we underestimate how much importance they put on constantly paying attention to what was happening in the sky yeah that's so true like how observant you know, that, yeah, how important it was for them to have these patterns and make these predictions based on these patterns and cycles that had a huge impact on their survival. Like it's, yeah, it is crazy to think, think about that and how much importance was like put on that because it had to be for for their survival. That's so fascinating. Okay. You're making me like, look at astrology in a whole different way today. So that's amazing. And now I'm like, I don't know. I'm like another thing for me to go down the rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> like I've never had my birth chart read. I've never had any of that. Oh yeah. That brings us to, I guess my big three and oh yeah. Before we get into that, can we just like talk a little bit about the Gemini hate that goes around the internet? Like we, I never said we're going to be talking about this. Well, actually I've never, I never said we're going to be talking about anything today. No preparation for you. Sorry. Um, but yeah, like what, why does, do you have Gemini in your chart? Didn't you just say you some Gemini? Okay. I have a Gemini moon. Um, I think all the signs, right. When we talk about pop astrology and I think Gemini, Scorpio, who else yes, do I Scorpio. think it, it really bad? <laughs> I think those are the two worst. And then it kind of trickles down to Leo from there. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Aries gets about every sign has like these myths and misconceptions about, oh, the Gemini, they're two-faced. You can never trust what they're saying. They were, they're so like, oh, it drives me crazy, right? The, the, the two-faced, I don't trust them, Gemini hate. So, okay. If we were to break down the Gemini sign, Gemini comes as we have planted We've we've like awoken to spring. We recognize that we need to survive, right? I'm going to, Taurus is about comfort. Yes, but it's also what, what makes us able to sleep through the night. We know we need food. We know we need a, a bed. It's simple things, recognizing our environment. Okay. Gemini comes along and it's that point I was talking about where we sort of look around and we're like, Oh, they're using cheetah for a blanket. I had not thought about using cheetah. I'm all links over here. (laughs) (laughs) And so Gemini is all about one being observant, looking around, getting super curious. It's ruling planet is mercury. And I can go down a whole path about this, but mercury likes to break things down. It's a deconstructive energy. So not only are we looking around, we're asking the questions and we're trying to figure out why, 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 why? I was always the kid that asked why, why does God have a wife? Does do mouth, do worms have mouths? Like I had a million (laughs) random questions, but the other thing about Gemini is that their minds move at lightning speed. So when you're talking to a Gemini and you're over here talking about this sandwich you had for lunch and the Gemini may even ask you, what kind of sandwich did you have? And so while you're telling them the ingredients, 
you're going to say, oh, and there was a tomato in there. And they're going to be like, oh, tomato, heirloom tomatoes. I wonder if I have any heirloom tomato seeds. I wonder if I can get any. <laughs> there was this guy on TikTok. Oh, I want, I need to send my friend this thing on TikTok. And you're like 75 steps away while your friend is only on Mayo, maybe. <laughs> uh, I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> but where is the line between that and ADHD? I'd like to know. Um, <laughs> right. So what happens, and I think this is so unfair for Gemini, is that people think, well, they weren't paying attention or they're distracted or they changed their mind. I was talking to them 20 minutes ago and they believed this and now they believe something different. It's allowing Gemini the freedom to change their mind because they aren't looking for a framework to hang everything on. It's a constant exploration. Now, the polarity of that is Sagittarius energy, which is looking for the framework. They're curious, but they're curious so that they can get it figured out and then they don't have to do it again. And so this walk in a Gemini's life is between those two polarities of, yeah, I kind of got it, but I know, no, I saw something better. I'm going to do this instead. (laughs) So you have it, Gemini in your, do you say your moon? My moon. Yeah. How does it, what's rising and how does that all work? I don't know anything. Yeah. What is it? So your sun sign is what you would see in the newspaper or a magazine or your traditional thing, right? The sun takes about 28 to 30 days to transit through a Zodiac sign. And we count it as degrees here in the West, um, where the sun is in, in correlation to its highest point in the sky at solstice, which is coming, um, this week, tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, yes, tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> it is tomorrow. And then we recognize that the sun has reached cancer. So when it reaches that top point, that's cancer season. And then it goes back down. So our sun sign, pretty, pretty generic. Now our moon, right? We know that the moon traverses through a zodiac sign about every two and a half days, approximately. Um, because as women, we also recognize there's a 28 day cycle. We're going through all the signs within 28 days. So there's our pattern that we fall into. So the day we are born, the moon is in a sign. So that matters to us because the moon is about our emotions, um, sort of the inner landscape, the things we don't always know we need for emotional support or to feel comforted, to feel loved. Those aspects come through our moon. And then our rising is what is actually the constellation on the horizon when we were born. So that one moves a little bit, right? Because As everything's fluctuating and moving around us, we're rotating. And so that sign changes a little bit more frequently. And that's where it's important to know sort of your latitude, your longitude, as well as the time of when you were born. So this is the essence that we grow into. It's the part of ourselves we get more comfortable with. And a lot of times it's the part that people recognize in us before we recognize it in ourselves. And I like to call it sort of our conscious personality. Our sun is the subconscious thing. It's our kind of that knee jerk reaction that we may fall into and not even realize it. Whereas our rising is like, oh, I, I know that about myself. Yeah, that was, (laughs) I see that. So, So, okay. Can you tell me what, so what are mine? What, well, we know Gemini is my sun sign. Gemini is your sun. So you are a Libra moon. Hmm. Libra is halfway through the Zodiac. It is about balance, harmony. It's about relationships, the importance of seeing all sides, the importance of recognizing that everyone matters. Nothing is black and white, that there's areas and room for all of us. And a willingness to see all sides of that. And so when that's coming through in a emotional way, it's recognizing that you not only want to be seen in your relationships, but you really uh, witness and make sure that everyone who's in your immediate family is seen, is heard, is valued, connection, communication, super important. Hmm. Amazing. Okay. So I never, didn't, I obviously didn't know this. Now I'm going to be doing some more research too. Okay. Yeah. So then what is my rising? So you are a Leo rising. Okay. I have a Leo 
child <laughs> and my parents are both both leos um i know about the leo I, I know a little bit about the um wanting attention seek attention seeking part of the leo right but, so okay let's think about the time of the year when leo comes around so it's um after cancer so we've had this big initiative ignition of energy, right? It takes a lot of energy to usher in a new season. So cancer is considered creative, a little bit powerful. It's that emotional watery energy, but it's also the time of the year where we're still kind of in the thick of it with summer. We've got storms. You may still have time to plant. It's busy. And you're also making sure your family is cared for. So then Leo season comes and it's sort of those dog days of summer. And we recognize a, it's too hot to do much of anything. B we can't really plant. It's too late. It's too early to harvest. And so what are we going to do? You kind of have time to be creative, to do the things you want to do. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to start a project, the things that I've been putting off because I couldn't do them in the winter. And now I have time in the summer. I'm just going to do it. So Leo, yes, it wants to kind of check out what I'm doing, but it comes from a place of the fire energy, which is that spark, that ignition and the recognition of what else am I going to do? I, it's fun. I want to enjoy this one time I've got here. And so I always think Leo gets a little bit miss interpreted in some ways because of that, like showmanship, the, I don't have responsibilities. I'm going to do it my way. But when you understand that their baseline energetic is to simply show up and have fun and that the calling from within to be authentic, to do something that lights them up is their, their driving force. Then you're like, okay, yeah, that <laughs> like, makes yes, sense. they might be trying to be the center of attention, but they can't help themselves. Yeah. The authentic part. I totally get that. Although like, I find like, it's funny, like growing up, like in my group of friends where I felt safe, like I wanted like to do the crazy things and get attention and stuff, but like on a larger scale, like, I don't know, there's a part of me that really doesn't want any attention. Like I want to be a hermit. Like I want to live in my house and like not interact with anybody and not like, I want to go places. And like, I wore a mask for a very long time. I loved having the masks in the pandemic because I want to go places and just be incognito. So like, there's a part of me that doesn't resonate with that, um, in some ways, but, but the, the yearning to be authentic and like, yeah, that definitely. What's interesting is you have Jupiter literally on top of your rising sign there at the same degree. And so that adds this amplification of luck and abundance and expansion when you do lean into that part of yourself. Now, not every Leo wants to go to Hollywood and be a movie star. Yeah. Some Leos just want to be really good at the thing they love. And I talk a lot about evolutionary astrology because I believe that our souls, when we reincarnate, like that's the basis you have to believe in reincarnation. And then you have to understand that what happened in my last life that's giving me the energetics in this life? Why did mm -hmm. I pick this? And I find that people with prominent Leo energy kind of got a crap rap in the last go around. And this time it's this feeling of, I'm going to come and I want to enjoy being human. I want to do the things that light me up. I'm going to be creative. I'm going to explore my own passions, whether that's history or cold plunges or any of the amazing things that I watch you do. That is Leo energy completely. Mm -hmm. So when you sink into those things that fulfill you, that light you up, it doesn't matter if you have an audience, the audience will come just because mm -hmm. you're being authentic. So interesting. That resonates because there are, yeah, when I'm, doing certain things that I love doing. I love sharing that. And I love, and like, there's a part of me that wants to make a big impact. Like, well, not a part of me. That's like, I, that's how I've always been. I, and I feel like that's just for me knowing about human design and being a manifester, that's what kind of designed to do. And like, so it's weird. It's like, sometimes 
I like the attention and then other times it's like, I want it sometimes, but I don't want it other times. It's a weird kind of back and forth. I don't know, but maybe it's, I, I like it whenever it's when I'm, I think I like it just what you said, when I'm doing something that's authentic and I don't know if that, I'm just sorry. I'm just, I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Trying to process all this. <laughs> it is a lot. When yeah. I do a birth chart reading, I always tell people I'm going to throw a lot of information at you. That's why it's recorded. <laughs> and to just take it in, because I believe the parts that stick are the parts that are supposed to enter into your awareness now. And if you were to listen to the recording again in six months or a year, something totally different, you're going to be like, I don't remember her saying that. And yeah. then it'll be like, okay, that's the next thing I need to look into. Um, it's for me, it was the first time I felt like. I was validated in the things that I felt naturally curious about. I didn't have to neglect or um, disengage with those parts of myself that I thought were wrong because someone else wasn't doing it that way. When I recognized that these are actually my strengths, like when you feel into that Leo energy and say, yeah, I just, I want to have fun. And when I have fun, I want to share. And when I share, people like it. That to me is total manifester energy. Yeah, that, yeah, that totally, totally resonates big time, actually. Yeah, I wonder. So like, do you, do you know what your human design is? I am a four, six emotional projector. Oh, cool. Project. I love projectors. <laughs> I mean, I love everybody, but no projectors are, I feel like projectors and manifestors tend to pair very well to my husband's a projector and I just the wisdom that projectors have and like the ability to see like to see people like see 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 things in 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 them that like I don't know I just feel like projectors are so validating and yeah I just love I love being asked a question or yeah. if there's if you have something and you're like I need to know about that like it just it fulfills this need within me to help Right yeah. at the end of the day, doing astrology is helping, giving you information to make yourself better. And if I can just show up at a reading and give you, even if it's a few glimpses into what's working for you, that, that means the world to me. Yeah. That's the same as my husband. He's always waiting for the invitation, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> just waiting patiently for the invitation. Yeah. So cool. Okay. I need to look more into Libra because that's like you hear about things about, you know, Leo and Gemini, but I've literally not really heard anything about Libra. So, so but what you're about Libra with the balance, balance comes around after harvest, right? We Virgo is season is harvest season. And then you have to weigh, am I going to make it through the winter? What am I going to do? Am I going to get the best value for this? And if I take too much, is that hurting someone else? And if I give too much, is that hurting me? It's all those questions. And what happens when we have a planetary energy in a zodiac sign, we feel this responsibility to that and recognizing that someone else, it isn't the first thing they think of. I have a dear friend who's a Libra and witnessing her pay attention to the connections she makes and how it affects others and wanting to make sure that everyone in the room is heard and seen and validated and, a, and important. She puts such a beautiful emphasis on that, that I find myself being like, Oh, I didn't even, didn't even cross my mind. I'm so glad you're here to remind me of those things, which when we lean into all these energies and, and pull out the best in one another, that's when we make beautiful harmony, I think. So cool. So what are your, what are your big three? I am a Taurus sun, a Gemini moon and an Aries rising. So I'm a lot of spring energy. I really resonate with that spark, that ignition, that kind of chomping at the bit, ready to go and the curiosity. But then I have this Taurus side of me, which I think leans into my projectorness of needing to slow down to really live life through the five senses. What can I see? What can I touch? What do I feel? How can I nourish myself? Um, and just being a little slow, you know, Taurus is one that gets a lot of 
miscommunicate or misidentification of being lazy and slow and all about a good meal. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but if you think about the bull laying in a field, bull also has like three stomachs. It's never not doing something. So even in the stillness, it's recognizing that I am still processing maybe on a mental level or I'm planning or I'm doing something, but I have to be still in the moment to allow that energy in. And that I think is some of the beauty of Taurus is reminding everyone to just smell the flower, have a good meal, have a moment, and then you get back to being crazy. (laughs) I like the, I like the Taurus energy. That's very grounding to me. Yeah. Cause I love a good meal as well. (laughs) I love a good meal. So you mentioned that you were you took training to be in graphic design. So did, were you working in graphic design for a number of years or? I was so out of, like, I was the creative kid in high school in the nineties and like, what are you going to do? They're going to pump you into, here's a career, (laughs) do something with it. And so I did, I, I have a bachelor's degree in fine art and graphic design, but I also had this emphasis in like environmental retail space design. So it was this idea kind of in the early 2000s where you would go into like planet Hollywood or rainforest cafe or baby gap. And all of a sudden, like the whole store had a feeling that was different than any other store out there. And you wanted to be in that environment. So that was kind of the idea. And I think as a projector, I could walk into something and as an empath, recognize the energetics, what made it feel, you know, all the different aspects that you would need in marketing. And so I enjoyed that, but I also came out right at the beginning or the end of the, what was the beginning of the dot-com bust. So everybody had jumped and had online businesses and, you know, I was the low girl on the totem pole. So I lost my job and I was dating my husband, but he lived like a hundred miles away in this very small community. And I was the city girl. And so it was one of those, I'm 22 and I want to live with the love of my life. (laughs) So I moved to the country where no one had a business card or even needed one. And if they did, they were going to go to the print shop, the copy shop on the corner. So Suddenly I was sort of without a career and I designed t-shirts for a while for tennis clubs. And then I found my way into the Boy Scouts of America and I would design Boy Scout patches for about four or five years, like every conclave, jamboree, campfire, you name it. I've drawn it. (laughs) No way. That's so interesting. So I knew I didn't want to do it forever. And I, I actually started a small business of my own on the side. I was importing in goods from Taiwan and it was a whole thing, but I also recognized it didn't fill me up. Like, I'm sorry, you can only draw so many campfires before you're like this. (laughs) This is not the way. <laughs> this is and not it. Was, it. <laughs> right? We reached this point in our late 20s. It's called our Saturn return. It's when Saturn comes all the way back to where it was when we were born. And we have this moment of, oh, am I supposed to have a family? What am I doing with my life? Is this the career I want? We kind of feel this overbearing sense of responsibility to kind of get it together. And I had been dabbling in fiber art and being super creative because it wasn't a campfire at that point. And I was doing a lot in fiber works, weaving, felting. I had just started knitting a little bit and I decided to open a knitting store. So I had a knitting store for a few years and then the economy tanked again. And I ended up going to work for my husband being the office secretary and doing the bookkeeping and it was nothing glamorous, but it allowed us to sort of have a very similar schedule. And that actually all ended um, in December of last year, we stepped away from the family business and he is now full-time in a new career. And I have been able to step full-time into astrology and Akashic records and mediumship and all the things. So I, I kind of went down this awakening path, um, in my late thirties, early forties, and it too came about with 
trying to deal with anxiety, recognizing what all of a sudden they're like, why am I having a panic attack at the grocery store? That was a big one not wanting to be seen when I'm out. Like I'm mm-hmm. with you. I a hundred percent loved masks. Yes. <laughs> I was like being invisible in some way. Um, but that's when I recognized that the mediumship was also part of it and working with energies that weren't necessarily my own. Um, and from there I've just sort of exploded into loving all of these things. I'm only a level two Reiki Um, but I love working with Reiki energy. I can't wait to talk to you about that some more. And yeah, right now going into the Akashic records to offer healings between past lives and this life and using astrology for me as a tool, similarly, as I would any psychic work or mediumship work, it's for your highest good. How can we bring you into alignment in this lifetime? And so, yeah, getting from creativity to I astrology love that. quite a path. Yeah. When you're talking about, like, I feel like so many people who are spiritual entrepreneurs have like struggled with anxiety. I feel like it's a common theme for so many. And what you're saying just makes sense is like, we're picking up on the energy, like so many different energies. And if you're an unaware empath, like you're, you've, like taking it on as your own and knowing nothing about energetic hygiene or protection. And like, it it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Would you say that you've a lot of intuitives that you've run into have struggled in the past with anxiety? Like, absolutely. Yeah. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with being an empath or at least recognizing that it's hard, right. To be to kind of go back and be unaware. There's a beauty in that, right? Because it was like, I didn't care when Mercury was in retrograde. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I also know how much healthier I feel, how, how happy I am, how I don't panic when I go into Costco. Um, There are some really beautiful things. It changes everything in your life. Um, Relationships, Um, careers, so many things. And I think that can be a fear if you're resistant to change or, you know, we know we don't all have to go down this, but I think if you recognize that you have even an inkling or a calling towards it, something in you is saying, check this out for a reason. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I just, yeah, I think back to how I was like, before I stepped on this spiritual path and I just, I'm a totally different person now. It's so crazy how much that I've changed and yeah, it's definitely, but I, what you're saying, like, sometimes I feel like, oh, I'd like to go back and not, and to be unaware. I think I was talking about that with Brandy Bolton at one time, like there's every once in a while, I'm like, oh, it'd be so much easier to be like, just not so consciously aware of of what's going on here. Um, I kind of want to go back on autopilot, just might just to get a little rest, go back on auto, just a little break. <laughs> but then I realized, no, that's not, that's, I don't really want to go there either, but yeah, the healing path is definitely can be very challenging and it's definitely not linear. So, you know, our generation too, we have this, um, transitional transformational planet in Scorpio. Yeah. You and I share this about, oh, it's about four or five years on either side. Um, and we have this responsibility in this lifetime to look at mental health, to kind of bring it out from the shadows, to normalize it. And when I see the work that we do, that, you know, we're the first generation that said, yeah, I'm going to therapy to talk about my mom and my dad and my brother and like all the things. Yeah. Um, and, and get it out in the open. And so if we can start that, then the next generation can pick up that, that baton and carry it on. And hopefully the healing started, started with us. Yeah. I, and I feel like so many people kind of in our age range are breaking generational patterns right now. And which, like you just said, you're, you're, it's making an impact on the next generation coming up and it's healing and you're passing the baton for them to even maybe break more patterns. Right. Um, which is 
Very cool. Wow. Okay. So when you transitioned, so is it been in just in the last year that you transitioned into full-time with your spiritual business? It has been, yeah. Within the last six months. And so what, like, what's your favorite part about running a spiritual business? And like, do you have something that's kind of the most challenging aspect Mm, for you? Really good question. I remember taking a manifestation class with Danielle Serang and we had to sort of visualize what our ideal day would be. And I remember thinking, I don't want to get up with an alarm clock. I want to wake up with the sun, with my body. I want to have time in the morning to simply come back to my awareness. Anyway, I had this whole day planned out and I recognized, I think it was about, oh, middle of January, beginning of February when I found that piece of paper that I was actually living that. And I think that is the most magical part about being a spiritual entrepreneur is that you have free reign to make your days, whatever you want them to be. Well, the flip side of that is you have free reign to make your days. So yes, find I do. Um, I can either overbook myself. I will open my books in a moment of, yes, bring everybody in. This feels great. And then suddenly I have done eight readings for three weeks in a row and I can't sleep because I've got so much, you know, it might haven't cleaned my own energetic. So finding balance for me has been the biggest challenge and it changes. The other thing I don't think we give ourselves permission to do as spiritual entrepreneurs is to adjust our schedule. Just because I made that schedule in February or March doesn't mean I have to keep it for the entire year or forever. I can adjust month by month. And so I try not to open my books super far in advance because A, I don't want to have to cancel on people. And B, I need to manage myself as the tool, as the machine in a way that gives me the freedom to lean into it when I can and step away when I, when I need to. Yeah. That's yeah. Setting boundaries is so I've come to realize well in everything, but yeah, you need to set boundaries within your business or you could just be doing this 24 seven. Like it's be so easy to fall into that. And yeah, I, I love the freedom too of, you know, I've been a teacher for, you know, my whole career and just having everything so scheduled for me down to when I take my holidays, like, and I mean, I, I, you can't complain teachers have this, the summer off, but like, if you had a wedding during the middle of the year, I, I can't go to it or things like that. And so being able to, yeah, run a business and like you said, and based on my, I feel like as a manifester, I don't have that sustained sacral. And you would know that as a projector as well. Right is rest is important for us and being able to adjust my schedule and really allow myself to rest when I need it has been amazing. Like, I just know I'm more in alignment with being able to schedule things based on how I'm feeling and yeah, not have to be in such a strict (laughs) schedule. And that was one of the things I noticed about myself in retail was having to show up at a hundred percent every day no matter who came in when there were days when I was completely taxed. And I think I was just an autopilot. And I, I worry about the amount of people in our workforce that are literally on autopilot and don't get the opportunity to do these things. And when we finally, at some point decide to look at mental health as a global issue, I think we'll recognize that we can't, we aren't machines. We aren't meant to replace a machine and we shouldn't be expected to work like one. I totally, totally agree. (laughs) You did mention some of your offerings, but like, are you mostly doing one-on-one sessions? You mentioned something about a membership. So, okay. Yeah. I'll tell you a little bit about my things. I, I used to do a lot more mediumship and what I found is that while I love it and I will do it and open my books, when I'm called to, for me, leaning into one-on-one sessions that help people feel aligned, feel excited about their lives again, to give them tools to lean into, to say, okay, this is the direction I meant to go. For me, that's astrology. 
And so I do birth chart readings and I also do Akashic astrology, which for me, I like to go into your past lives. We enter the records um, and we ask about why you have these placements. Show me a lifetime or show me the lesson that I learned in this and why it's repeating itself. And how can we release any of those bonds? Um, it, they're some of my favorite readings, but it you have to kind of come in with an idea of where you're feeling stuck or if there's something that's that's coming up and you're ready to release it. So those are my two big offerings right now through the summer. And then I do have, I have a community on Mighty Networks and it's called the Third Eye Library. And basically it's about, I think we have between 11 and 15 librarians. So we are all um, spiritual business owners in all different capacities from Reiki to angels, to intuitive health, to yoga, um, a little bit of everything. And we banded together in order to have a community where if you're curious about something, if you want to ask questions, you're not on Facebook, you're not on Instagram, you're not in an abyss, you're with actual people in a safe community who can guide you, who can offer you courses, who can lead you to resources we have there. And so this community, um, yeah, has been growing for about the past year. And it's where I offer a lot of my courses and my daily astrology. We have tell talks, we call them third eye library talks, kind of like Ted, but a lot more woo. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll go live and kind of have a live podcast chat about things like the witch wound or what is Reiki and how can we use it? Um, how to embody things. We're going to have a talk um, later this week about children and, and the woo. And if they're having dreams or how can I utilize my tools to work with my kids? So anyway, it's a great community. You can find it. It's thirdeyelibrary.com and yeah, come check it out. And then my um, offerings, you can find me at emilyandherstars.com. I'm also Emily and her stars on Instagram and I follow Kate. So if you know Kate's followers, you can find me in her list. <laughs> yeah. No, I love following your account and the mighty, yeah. Mighty networks. I'm, you took the initiation with Danielle, right? Mm -hmm. Her mediumship. Yeah. I'm in that right now. So, and mighty networks is such a great platform to bring people together and such a, I, I was looking at that platform to use at some point. So yeah, that's so cool that you have that, the third eye library. I think you know, when I looked at Kajabi or Teachable or any of these other things, like to host my class, it's great, but for the amount of money and to have a great network community, right. Where we can have conversations and talk to each other. And I know during the pandemic, we were like starved for connection. And some of us are leaning out of that now as we're able to be back in our communities, but there's also this feeling of, I can go in there. I I know I'm going to see the information I, I want to. I don't have to worry about ads. There's no spammers. I'm not going to get, you know, cyber attacked. All these things that I just am kind of over with with social oh, media. Yeah. Now you have this platform that is is yours. And right. yeah. I don't control. have to pay extra for people to maybe see me. I mean, you know, yeah. as a business owner on there, our yeah. reach has tanked. Oh, I can yeah. put something up and like one, maybe 2% of my people see it. So it's it like, is really, it is. That's the one thing that's kind of stressful. I find about Instagram is like creators are putting so much effort and trying to jump through the hoops and doing the dances and doing all the reels. And then it's like, okay, I'm doing what you asked just so I can get my name out there. And, and now, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, the algorithm. It can be frustrating, but I love that you created something outside of that. That's beautiful. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. I know I learned so much about astrology and you helped me kind of see it in a new light and I don't feel quite as intimidated by it. I, I feel like the way that you explained it makes it interesting to me. Like, I just feel like, okay, this is something I'm interested in learning about. And before I feel like I had a total wall up. It's just like, oh, astrology is just not something that's going to resonate with me. So you made me interested about it. So thank you for that. And I'm sure that you've made other people interested who are listening today. So yeah, this was awesome chatting with you. 
Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm always excited when I can have someone new fall in love with astrology. Yeah. So awesome. So yeah, everybody can check out Emily and her stars on Instagram. As she said, I'll link all of her um, contacts in the show notes. And so you can check her out uh, for a session or maybe join her third eye library membership, which would be really cool. So thank you so much, Emily. And thank you, yeah. Have a great day. You too. Thank okay. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. That was such a fun interview with Emily. We recorded that the day before our summer solstice, so June 20th. So a little bit ago, uh, but I'm so happy that we had the chance to sit down and chat. And I definitely learned a lot about astrology and evolutionary astrology. So, so interesting. I hope you're having a great day today and I will see you here next week. Same place, same ish time. Bye.